0: All right, everyone, welcome to The Raptor Show. I'm your host, Alex Wong, Will Liu, after a uh, Macau Bridges-like Iron Man streak is finally taking one episode off for the <laughs> season, enjoying his weekend. So, you know, coming off that crazy game six between the Heat and the Celtics, yesterday I had to reach out to my guy, Sweetie Tirada from MassLive.com. And unfortunately, Sweetie, every time we introduce you on the show, we have to reference you As as Boston (laughs) will lose, so people know uh, exactly who you are. Sweetie. I believe you just got back to Boston today. We're recording right now, Sunday at around 6 p.m. How's it going, man? Was that the craziest game? I know you've covered the Celtics the last couple of years. That has to be the craziest game that you've covered in person.
1: Oh, easily, without a doubt. So I thought the Jason Tatum game-winner layup against the Nets, I think game one of last year, was the craziest by far. And it was super loud at the Garden, which I remember. I thought that was going to be the craziest for a while and then this game happens and it's funny too just because like I I remember I was on, so I I flew at like 11 a.m this morning very tired and I ran into a few like ESPN workers other other media members and I was like you know I've only been doing this for I think it's my second full season so I was like this is the crazy that's the craziest game you've ever covered right and they're like yeah by far and then we were talking about like I was talking to Nick Fadella, and he was like, "Yeah, the LeBron shot against the Bulls in 2015 comes to mind, but like the Derek, this Derek White game of all people, Derek White is by far the craziest. So, so yeah, the yeah, by far the craziest game. It was super loud, and, and initially it was super loud, and it just like the hush over the crowd was also just insane. So." I was telling people like I think I'll uh, I'll be telling my friends maybe even my kids about this game just because of the just how crazy it was in, in the moment and, and in the immediate aftermath and, and thinking about all the different factors and everything.
0: Yeah, what well, was going through your head because I mean, I'm <laughs> sure we're going to we're going to get through the rest of the game because like
1: mm-hmm. the
0: last play alone was was crazy, but like this whole mm-hmm. game was just so chaotic, which we'll get into, but it's like, you know, what was going through your head when Jimmy went to the line and hit those three free throws? And now suddenly the Celtics have three seconds left and it looks like, you know, they were in control of this game, you know, had a double digit lead, I think late in the fourth quarter there, mm-hmm. let it slip away. Like what was going through your head as, as the two teams were huddling up for that final play.
1: And a few of my, uh, you know, colleagues mentioned it and my B partner mentioned it as well. But I, this actually reminded me of game seven last year of the East finals when the Celtics led wire to wire that game. And then I, Everyone kind of remembers that Jimmy three pointer. That if it went in, obviously that could that could have changed everything. And, and it kind of reminded me of that. I thought the free throws when he went to the line, it kind of it, it felt like a kind of a replacement of that shot. With like I forgot how many seconds there were last year, but like eight seconds left or something like that. And and that was initially going through my mind. I thought <laughs> I was like, of course Jimmy Butler just having a horrible game. He keeps getting blocked. Just I forgot what the numbers were. I think he finished five for twenty one. Yeah, of he course, did, he yeah. turns it on right at the end. He hits that three-pointer, which I was like, of course he hits that one. He's Jimmy Butler. And I remember seeing a tweet. I forgot who it was from, but it was like, I'm a coward, so I'm not going to slander Jimmy Butler. And I'm like, that's <laughs> a great idea. Just because this is this is Jimmy Buckets. Heat culture, all those good things. And that's, that's what was going through my mind when he was at the free throw line. And then I thought, though, with three seconds left, I thought they would at least get a good shot. It, it ended up not being... You know, a great shot by Marcus with Desperation 3 that did rim out. But I'm sure we'll talk about that. But on the free throws initially, it reminded me a lot of last year. And then I thought it was a little bit poetic if the Celtics lost in that way. But I think every championship run needs a little bit of luck. I know Raptors fans know that with Kawhi's uh, very famous... Game winner over Jimmy hey, Butler a hey, few listen, years ago that, man, too. That, so. that
0: wasn't luck, sweetie That that was years <laughs> of practice from Kawhi to, to master the master the rims at Scotiabank Arena. So you gotta you gotta be careful, man. Listen, I, I know I know you're getting a lot of love as Boston will but don't don't ever even imply <laughs> that there was any luck involved in that 2019 <laughs> championship run, okay? I am okay, okay, just I'm okay, just looking okay, out right, for you. Right.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I appreciate. It. I mean, that, that run was awesome. I remember I mm-hmm. I, I remember I, it was right after I graduated college and I was like, Are the Raptors mm. really going to do this?" And then um stuff missing that three out. I, I was really happy for Toronto. Uh, I I always think it's super cool when a uh, a franchise wins its first championship. So, but I am glad for I am very appreciative of that. Uh, heads up, I'll... The Raptors are in every every one of that the juggernaut, the juggernaut warriors and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, don't don't ever don't ever mention <laughs> that Kevin Durant only played like a quarter in in that <laughs> NBA Finals either. So those those are like the rules. But yeah, no, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about that game seven too from last year. You know, when when the hmm. Celtics blew that fourth quarter lead, and even down to the comparison of Jimmy last year, I think he pulled up on Al Horford. Um, yeah, yeah, in that I'll three, get a in, lot of space. In, yeah. yeah, and in this game, it was it was Al who got called for that foul. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I I just joined Heat Culture, so like my my thirty day free <laughs> trial is is just about to end, and I'm actually gonna, you know, if we can track down Amy Otterberg, you know, I'm gonna ask Amy if I should actually renew uh, for mm-hmm. for my membership heading into heading into Game Seven. But like, yeah, like even him going to the free throw line, you know, you mentioned the five of twenty one, and like even setting that aside, I've always said that like going to the line, needing to make the three free throws. I mean, he needed to make two to tie in that scenario yeah. and obviously three to take the lead. But that is like the most nerve-wracking thing, I feel like, in a basketball game. When like all mm-hmm. eyes are just on you, and especially in that scenario, you're potentially sending your team to the finals. To For him to make those three free throws was like so impressive. And he almost had that storybook ending. You know, we've seen all the clips of Jimmy talking about after losing game seven last year, that they were going to be back in this position and they mm-hmm. were going to have enough this year. You know, they are up 3-0. You know, they had such a terrible game. This was going to be such a signature Heat culture win. And then, of course, <laughs> this final play, you know, you know, Max Struess helps deny the ball um, from Tatum. So it goes to Smart. Smart takes the mm-hmm. shot. And, I mean, I've watched this over and over again now. And, like, after that play, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I have a rooting interest in the Heat, but I'm not, like, a diehard Heat fan. Like, I think I was just stunned at, at, at what happened. Because, like, I just couldn't believe that that like we witnessed something where a team was facing elimination mm-hmm. and literally with 0.1 seconds to go, the ball goes in Derek White's hand. He's able to let it go in time to, to beat the buzzer. And like, I'm still thinking about that still image that I've seen a screenshot of him. He's like mm-hmm. in the corner, almost in the crowd with like 1.8 seconds left when smart <laughs> shot goes up and somehow he's able to go in and complete the play. I mean, I, I don't even know like what your reaction was just watching that unfold live. Yeah, I I was just bewildered, honestly, like
1: the last like three minutes, just because I was also thinking like the Celtics are going to blow this again. Like just like they've had, you know, in game two of this series, game five against the Hawks, you can say game one against the Sixers. Like their offense once again, stagnated late. It's just, it's been this issue. I've I've seen this, you know, this story played at least a dozen times this season. But when Derek, I actually thought Derek got that off initially in real time, just because I, like from the, you know, like the corner of my eye, just because the way... Our media seats were set up in Miami where it was actually pretty cool. We were right next to like the camera deck. Um, so like kind of like the tnt view. So I kinda had like a almost a head-on view uh of the court and everything. So when I saw that, I saw Derek flying in. Um I also saw Jason flying in from the other side too. I don't know if he would have gotten it if it went that way, but he had a chance as well. But initially I was like, oh my god, I think Derek got that. And then like everybody on press row obviously is like freaking out, you know, like obviously we're not cheering or anything, but we are like, oh did did, did that did that just happen right like that's like that's the initial reaction and the replay itself like i was just like like you said like 0.1 seconds left just like that seems so unfathomable especially when you consider like the challenge and everything the review like initially it was only 2.1 seconds and all of a sudden it's three seconds i know he fans are like mad about it maybe it should have been 2.9 2.8 or whatever and i think it's just ridiculous that like the officiating complaint is like over a literal 10th of a second and i think that's just like you know like it's just like, I, I feel like you, it's, it's one of those things like you're going to remember for at least a few years, you know, down the line too. And, and especially if the Celtics win at all, like this is going to be like the like the moment that people are going to point at and be like, remember when this happened? Like they were one seconds away from elimination. And, and you know, like I said, you need a lot of luck for title runs. And I think the Celtics got a lot of that last night. And, and it's just bewildering just to see the, the, just the stakes and everything. And I don't know if you saw the stat, but... It was something like, there's a lot of parameters to it or whatever, but a team facing elimination, they're trailing, and a buzzer beater um, only two times. Last night, and Michael Jordan shot against the Cavs, the shot, uh, I believe, 1989. So those are the only two instances, which is is crazy, you know? The Celtics are on the verge of history, and in some ways, they made history last night. But none of this will matter if they lose Game 7 tomorrow, which uh, if they do lose that, uh, I think uh, it'll be kind of hilarious in both ways if the heat lose or the Celtics lose. So we we'll,
0: it it'll be another fun one. This has been a really fun series at the very least. No, we're we're set up for we're set up for a perfect game 7 in that. Mm-hmm. You know, whichever storyline that comes out of it, right? Like for me when I think about Miami, like they've got they've got the combination now of having the burden of being the first team to potentially blow the 3-0 lead. Like mm-hmm. we've seen the stats, right? Like teams 150 and 0 in this scenario. I think they're just a the fourth team now all time. Um, to be down, you know, Boston's the fourth team all the time to be down oh three to even force a game seven and the first team to have that mm. game seven at home. But Miami's also got to recover mentally from losing this game with point one mm. seconds left. And, and the first the first thought I had was I thought about when Ray Allen hit that three against the Spurs
1: um mm.
0: in the finals yeah. in game six and how the Spurs had to just recover and try to come back in game seven, in which I thought they did pretty well, like, Mm -hmm. that was actually a really close game down the stretch until LeBron put the game away. You know, to me, you know, I think when people talk about, like, oh, within a seven-game series, and you think about the Celtics team, too, you talk about how inconsistent they are sometimes from quarter to quarter, maybe the momentum doesn't matter, right? Like, the Celtics could blow you out one game and and then come out and just, like, have a terrible performance at home. But, Mm -hmm. But to me, this is different. Like, this is different. Like, like you mentioned the stat of this being the first first time since Jordan in 89, where, you know, a player makes a game-winning buzzer beater facing elimination and his team was trailing. Like, this is some historical stuff. And I know, like, Spo and Jimmy Butler went to the podium and said the same, you know, set the right things afterwards. You know, Spo said, I don't know how we're going to get it done, but we're going to go there and get it done. You know, Jimmy says he's going to play better. All of this stuff. But... Uh, you know even even with heat culture and all this stuff being mentally tough like (laughs) to me like I don't know I don't know how you bounce back from this like I guess Mm -hmm. it's you know that's why I'm not a professional athlete because I would just crumble like I would have just started puking yesterday when I had to go to the line to shoot like (laughs) the three free throws but to me it's like that's a lot that's a lot of burden I heard like Charles Barkley after the game talk about how the pressure is on the Celtics now I really disagree like you know, Miami is staring down the fact that they're going to be the only team ever to blow a 3-0 lead. And I don't mm. care that they're, like, the eighth seed, and I don't care that clearly Boston's a more talented team. Like, we celebrated this heat playoff run, this whole this whole run, and we can't suddenly go back down and be like, oh, well, they were the eighth seed, and, and, like, you know, they were missing guys, or, like, you know, <laughs> the Magic was going to run out at some point. To me, the pressure mm-hmm. is all on Miami. I don't know if you agree with me. Yeah, I think so. Um, There's, I do think there is a little bit of a reverse psychology
1: in the sense of like, now the Celtics need to actually show up at home. And it did so in game five. But as we've seen multiple times with this team, like they like to mess around. Like they, you know, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Heat get out to like a quick lead. At the same time though, like, I was just shocked the way the game ended in the Celtics favor because they only shot twenty percent from three, and I think those are bound to fall at home, especially for your road players and everything so in in terms of pressure though like I think I think it is all in the heat i do I like that you brought up the game six against the or the game six for the spurs and and kind of the heartbreaker there for them, just because like I think with this Miami team, I think they will be able to bounce back and they will be at least able to put up a competitive game. Just because last series, like we saw Celtic Sixers, the Sixers gave up at the end of game six, right? It was still a winnable game. I think it was like a nine point whatever with like 90 seconds left. Sure, that's tough. But like the Celtics have blown that before. I've seen that before. In game seven, they just crumbled in the third quarter. Like sure, they played tough eventually. But once the Celtics started to make their run, like the Sixers had no answer for it. And so that's why I think the Heat will at the very minimum... You know, I, I think what will end up happening is I do think the Celtics won't win in a blowout, but I think they'll pull away once the, the heat are gassed. And that's, and I think it's just going to, that's what it's going to come down to. Like, they've had so many injuries. Like, I was honestly shocked Jimmy was able to do all of that, what he did last night, just because he looked so tired all, the entire game. Like, there were points, like, you know, I think you tweeted it, like, Jimmy keeps getting a shot block that wasn't happening early in the series. You know, I, I was, I, I yeah, I was,
0: I was privately calling him Mugsy Bokes. The, 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 <laughs> I feel like the Celtics were, and this is no disrespect to Mugsy, but I felt like the Celtics, mm-hmm. like, were just making him feel like Jimmy felt small, and like yeah. Jimmy never feels small on the court, right? Like, like he was not able to get mm-hmm. his shot over any of the guys, and like that's where I got to give Derek White credit too. Like, mm-hmm. I, know, I, I know Derek White is, is, is going to be celebrated for, for the buzzer beater, but, like, I, I thought, like, he's done a great job whenever yeah. he's been matched up with Jimmy. And, like, that's not even to say, like, the numbers, the shooting numbers for the Heat in the paint yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. Robert Williams and all the guys were just swallowing them up. Like, yeah. I've never yeah. seen a team miss that many shots in the paint, which is why, like, when I think about the game before the buzzer beater, I don't even know who was supposed to be mad that they lost that game. <laughs> because, like, you, you talk about, like, Boston, they were 7 of 35 from 3, right? Like, that was, like, mm-hmm. statistically their worst three-point shooting performance of the season. And mm. it's crazy, too, because because Marcus Smart and Derek White were the two guys, the only two guys who made those seven threes. <laughs> like, the rest mm. of the team was, let me see, 0 for 17. Yeah. um, Which which is wild. Um, But at the same time, like, I look at Miami, like, Bam and Jimmy were terrible outside of Jimmy's, like, you know, uh, late stretch there, which you do have to give him credit for. They didn't get anything from, you know, Kyle again. Um, you know, I thought they, you know, putting Caleb Martin in the starting lineup was a good move for them. Um, Gabe Vincent came back and, and you know, gave them something too. But it's like, I don't even know before that shot, like, who should have been more mad that they blew game six? Because I feel like they both blew game six. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. You and know in terms I mean? of like, Yeah, no, and,
1: and in terms of your Jimmy feeling small... Mm-hmm. It, 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 I was really shocked when Derek won that jump ball against Jimmy. Like I had to oh, go check right. his like height. Yeah. Like Jimmy's six seven. Listen, 6'7". six seven. Derek's only six four, right? And and mm-hmm. the thing with Derek, the reason that you kind of love this story is like he's not a guy who who he's by far well, you know like the quietest talker, like the humblest dude probably on that team. And he has not been. He was second team all defense, and he was really good during the regular season. But he got a little bit. I don't want to say exposed, but he hasn't been as good defensively nearly this postseason. So the fact that he was able to step up, he made Jimmy's life very difficult last night. I think it was the nice, you know, like the headline is going to be the layup. But what he did all game and he had a cute couple of huge threes to open the fourth quarter, right when the Celtics kind of, you know, were teetering on the edge a little bit. So all these things. And, and but I do agree, like, I don't know what you do if you're Spo here. You know, I saw your tweet, too, about um, Spo and AAPI Heritage Month. And I'm like. <laughs>
0: I was, was laughing at that. I, <laughs> I was gonna bring that up to you too. So 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 what I said was, you know, I've been contemplating this ever since, you know, the Celtics um, you know, won game five and cut it to three two and it looked like the mm-hmm. series had turned. Um, like, you know, are are you ready, Sweetie, for um <laughs> Eric Spolstra to blow a three O lead during AAPI month? Like, like what are we gonna do? Like what are That's- we actually gonna do?
1: That's terrifying, but I have a good narrative spin for you.
0: Okay, give me the spin. <laughs> and the spin is what is Spo supposed to do with this
1: roster? I mean, you're already that little depot. The Celtics sure. kept picking on Gabe Vincent just because yeah. he's like hobbled and like, you know, one of his ankles is, is pretty injured. Yeah. Kevin and loves out down. of the
0: rotation. Yeah, like Kylie um, Heroes her uh, Cody, Zeller Cody Zeller can't Zeller play.
1: Two minutes. He, he was he minus seven play. in two minutes. And yeah, then can't Spo play. was like, I yeah. just gotta play bam the rest of the game, you know? Like, yep. What is Spo supposed to do with this roster? So that's the thing. I think Spo is if he's not the number one, he's at least you know he's he's definitely top three, probably top two. I I think he's the best in the league, and it's just for sure. And it's just you know like he's getting meaningful minutes out of Kyle Lowry, and that's not a knock on Kyle Lowry. I know yeah, Raptors fans love you. Got
0: you. Got to be careful about that one too. I know. Yeah. It's just yeah.
1: it's just you know Kyle Lowry has been rough this series. I think we can all agree with that.
0: Uh, it's um, it's been tough. I had to, I've had to look away many times. Like mm-hmm, I, right? I feel like, but, I feel like the last two games, um, mm-hmm. you know especially when Gabe Vincent was out for game five. Yeah. Everybody was expecting Kyle to, to finally step up, have one of those impactful games. And he's just, he's been absent since like the first half of game one, I want to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he came out guns blazing. I actually, it was funny heading into game five. A lot of people in the Boston media side was like, here comes Kyle Lowry. He's gonna hit like 6-3 or something ridiculous. Um, obviously, that didn't happen, but that's that. That's what I mean, though. You know, like it's just what is Spo supposed to do with this roster if Kevin Love isn't even playing? I was actually kind of surprised. Hey, with Highsmith after his solid game five didn't end up playing. Um, but like, you know, like the fact that Duncan Robinson kind of let that fourth quarter charge early on, and I sure he missed, you know, the the two wide open three pointers late. But the reason they were in it was because he, you know, he he scored thirteen points. Um and everything like that. And he's not necessarily getting exposed, I think. Uh he had the best plus minus on the team, actually, now that I look at it. So it's just Yeah, but that's my spin th- though.
0: What is Spoil yeah, supposed to do here? It's a it's a good spin, but but my thing is like <laughs> you're you're being too rational. Like people people are gonna overlook these things. You know what I mean? Like people no, are just it. here. People are just here for the jokes. Like like it's not they're mm-hmm. not gonna be rational and, and look through this. And that's been my thing too, is like, you know, if they blow this 3 0 lead, like I, and I, I mentioned this to Will, and like this was like tongue in cheek. Like, I don't think they're gonna fire anybody. Like, Spo mm-hmm. obviously is such a huge part of that team, but like, you know, like, you know, who? Like, are we just like, is no one taking responsibility for this? Like, are we just gonna be like, yeah, they just didn't have a good enough roster? Because like, they're still gonna be the first team ever to blow a three lead, Is all I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know. No. Like this, I I get that. I get that reaction about blowing a three lead if they do do it. But at the same time, like you mentioned that the Celtics, like, would this be even an issue if the Celtics won in, like, five games? Like, let's say the Heat win game one, and then the Celtics actually, you know, take this game seriously. And and we're about four straight wins, like, they might be able to do here. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I get the 3-0 implications, but it's like, you, if, you know, like, games one and three, like, I thought the Celtics just shot so poorly. Um, and obviously, they did so in game six, and still they still survived and everything. But it's just... You can clearly tell this is a much more talented roster, a much more deep roster. Like I think if you put, you know, like a Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, I think they they might be playing meaningful minutes for the Heat. It's gotten to that point, right? So it's just I don't, you know, like I, I get what you're saying though, but it's just at the end of the day, like this was an eight seed that was just you know on its last legs. Like Jimmy obviously had a great series against the Bucks, but like he wasn't anything, you know, he had an ankle injury against the Knicks and he wasn't anything like special um, for the most part. So it's just kind of like. I I I'm not sure, but I, I I do think Jimmy and Bam should get more criticism. I guess after last night, um, because if if you know, like like you said, like both ways, they could have been like, oh, we blew this game. But like Jimmy, at the end of the day, was five for twenty one. You need to be better than that. Bam was four for sixteen. Just need to be better than that. And those are your two. You know all-NBA, all-star guys that you're relying on, right? Like, after Bam's big games earlier this series, I heard a lot of, he's better than AD. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, I think they're pretty... Sometimes they kind of, both players, sometimes kind of disappear offensively sometimes. So it's just, I think you start there. And if you do start there, I don't think you make any meaningful, huge changes just because those are your stars. And eventually, like, they have to show up for you.
0: Yeah, no, I th- I think that's fair. I think the tough thing, too, when I was thinking about the Spurs comparison is obviously they came back and, and had a championship team the following season, right? Like mm-hmm. like beat Miami in in, in the finals and, and got their redemption. Whereas like, I mean, you know, not to look ahead to, to like whoever plays Denver, but it's like, I don't even know, like you run this roster back with Miami, like they have to look at this as like a pretty good chance for them to like, you know, make yeah. it to the finals here. And it's not like they get to just, be like, okay, we were heartbroken. You know, we were down guys here. We're just going to regroup and come back and make a run again next year. Like this has been like a pretty improbable run. Although writing off the heat, um, you know, has been my biggest mistake <laughs> uh, year in and year out. But you're right though. It's like for game seven, like if I'm being super, like if I'm on the heat side and I'm trying to be positive heading into game seven, I think the one thing that I tell myself is like, like you mentioned, like Boston's just so shaky in these close games, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The two games that, that Miami won at the start of the series were two close games in in Boston, where Boston had the lead, um, and and they blew it. And if you want to put a positive spin on game six, like it seemed like Boston had the game put away there in the last five minutes, and Miami mm-hmm. was still able to come back. So yeah, I think if it's a if it's a similar if it's a similar script to game five when the Celtics just came out and blew the doors off mm-hmm. and took that double digit lead, then yeah, I think the Celtics could run away with game seven, but if the Heat can somehow find a way and they're going to need more from Jimmy more from Bam, like you said, if it's a close mm-hmm. game in the fourth quarter, then, then, then I think it's going to be up for grabs.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and like I said, this Celtics offense has been shaky all season when it comes yeah, to I, I'm late so game frust- execution. Like,
0: Sweetie, I'm so frustrated watching them. I know you've watched it's, them yeah. way more <laughs> you than told me. Yeah. I know, but it's like even yesterday in the third quarter, they're like in control of the game. And suddenly like mm-hmm. Jalen Brown will just toss up, you know, a three pointer, like early in the shot clock and then like they just have these like inexplicable turnovers and
1: mm-hmm. then they turn
0: around and have these great possessions where they just move the ball around and mm-hmm. are able to just get open shots like I, I just don't i just don't understand them like i yeah. just don't <laughs> understand
1: them <laughs> and i just I, I i they they keep saying it and it's like an obvious six but they just got to play with pace they got to play with more urgency and it's just like don't sound like buzzword, but it's just like, it's just simple for the Celtics. Like I, 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 right before we recorded this, I was like, you know what, I need to go watch the last three, four minutes or whatever, just to see, because as you mentioned, um, I have this written down, the Celtics were up 10 with 437 left. And then they were up nine, with I believe, uh with like three minutes left. And it's just, I, I watched these offensive possessions and, and, and part of it is Miami just forcing the Celtics to slow down, picking up in the backcourt and then playing zone. But it's like, Jason Tatum is just like, so lax days ago bringing the ball up with like, and then they, they, they start to get into your offense. sets was like 12 seconds left. And there were a couple three pointers from Jason and Marcus where like they had to take them inside five seconds on the shot clock. And it's like, you had to take them because you were being so slow. Like I get you're nursing, like a nine, 10 point lead late in the game, but like run the offense. And you know, if you get a good shot, you get a good shot. That's, you know, worst case scenario you miss. Um, I guess that's with like, you know, five extra seconds. Like I get, I get you want to run the clock down and everything, but it's just there just seems to be lacking this urgency. And I get the frustration too because it's just this has happened so many times. It's been an issue, and the thing is, like this isn't even like a Joe Missoula issue. Like this has been an Ime Udoka issue. This has been a Brad Stevens issue for a while now. So it's just kind of like I just think this is just who they are. Um, you know, like like I mentioned when, we, when I spoke to you guys a little bit ago with Will on as well. It's just I get the frustration though because it's just like why Why are you guys doing this again? Like, have you not learned your lesson again? Like, really? And then they keep well, doing it. And yeah, they got this, lucky this, last
0: night. This is this is my fear too, is that if, if they complete this comeback, like how's anyone ever gonna tell them not to mess around again? <laughs> like you you got to mess you've messed around like two straight years in the playoffs. <laughs> like you've messed around these last two series against Philly and Miami, and now you've done the ultimate messing around. Going down 3 0 and you're still able to climb out of it. How's Joe Mazzula or anybody gonna be in a huddle be able to tell them to like, you know, let's focus. Let's let's Mm -hmm. let's, you know, let's um let's take it to them in game one, you know, against Denver. It's like they're gonna get rewarded too if they win tomorrow. They're gonna have home court in the finals. (laughs) Like this is wild.
1: Yeah, so so here is the rebuttal to that, I guess. And we have to see what happens in the finals, obviously. Sure. But the elimination game, Celtics. Obviously, uh, this is they're they're now eight and one in elimination games of the past two playoffs, which is just ridiculous. Eight and zero in the East. That's yeah. Just, they're fi- they're five. And they're five and zero. They're five and zero. They're five and in
0: these playoffs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then and last year as well, they messed around against the Bucs. Blew and and in game five against the Bucks in the East semifinals, they blew like a fourteen point lead or whatever it was in the fourth quarter. But my rebuttal to that is. Look at what happened in the finals against the Warriors. Look at how gassed Jason Tatum looked. Look at how gassed everyone looked. And and going coming out of last year, there was a lot of the narrative of the Celtics need a little bit more depth, which I understood. I got it. Some of their players were necessarily playoff ready. Um, but at the end of the day, like Jason looked gassed out there. He had 100 turnovers over the playoffs. I know that stat got thrown around a little bit, but I think that's it. Like If you mess around again in these playoffs and in this game 6 in Denver or game 7 in Boston and you just don't have the legs anymore you only have yourself to blame just because you could have taken care of the Hawks in 5 games at home you could have taken care of the Sixers if you didn't mess up that game 5 and you could have taken care of the Heat as we see you are more talented than them if you do pull this off or you know what even if they lose but tomorrow night like you we know they're more talented than the Heat so it's just you had so many opportunities to get more rest. And on the flip side of this is Denver. They've just been sitting for a week, you know. Jokic is just out here just chilling. Bruce Brown is just out here chilling. Jamal Murray is just out here chilling. And you're just kind of like, okay, let's see how they look, you know, come game one in Boston. So I think that's the ultimate rebuttal. Or sorry, it could be in Denver. Um, I think that's the ultimate rebuttal, though. It's just like, yeah, sure, they messed around, and it hasn't bitten them in the East playoffs, but like, there's a reason you're not hanging that banner right now. And if it happens again this year, then you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, we got to stop this because, you know, as we know, teams only have so many years to make championship runs, and the Celtics are kind of wasting it if they do If they do fall short this year.
0: Yeah. Do you think, you know, regardless of whether they win Game 7, because there was some talk when they were down 3-0, a lot of talk about Joe Missoula's mm-hmm. job security do you think Joe Mazzulla has saved his job now with with the way they've turned the series around? Yeah, I think
1: so because the general I think the general consensus going into the East Finals, um, he was he was getting some heat after Game Five against the Sixers, and rightfully so. Um, and some of the players, even kind of you know reading between the lines, you're kind of like okay, like not to say they were like super mad at Joe Mazzulla, but like there there, there were probably some adjustments that needed to be made a little earlier, like Rob double big starting lineup. But I think I think he did save it in the sense of like. I think the over, like the reaction to Game Three against the Heat was just how terrible they looked in the second half when like things got tough. You know, like the Hawks when they were down in Games One and Two against the Celtics, like they clawed back to make it like somewhat. It was like a thirty-point game at halftime of Game One, I believe it got down to twelve or something. You know, like they fought back. Like those, those are the makings of like a team that's like willing to do that. The Celtics looked like they had no interest in Game Three, you know, and and, and rightfully so, they got buried for that. And I think that's where the Joe Missoula criticism came from. So, but at this point it's three, three, I think, you know, like I think Joe's done a good job in terms of adjustments and all these other things. Uh, and the number one thing is, I think the thing that people don't, maybe the outsiders don't realize about the Celtics. is like, there's been a lot of brain drain on this coaching staff compared to last year. Like Ime Udoka, obviously the whole thing, we don't have to go into that, but he's in Houston. Will Hardy's in Utah. Damon Stoudemire, his lead assistant this year, he took a, he took the Georgia Chuck job uh, down in Atlanta midway, like uh, midway through the year or later in the year. So those are like three, you know, two NBA caliber head coaches gone. And at least, you know, a major conference college basketball coach is also gone. Like that's a lot of like, you know, resources that you lose when you're like trying to do these adjustments during a playoff series. So I think what will end up happening is the Celtics, I think, are going to stick with Joe. But then I think they're going to bring in a few names to really bolster that coaching staff. Uh, Steven Silas, former Rockets head coach. Uh, he's, His name has been floated around. Frank Vogel has been flo- floated around. And I'm sure, you know, there will be a few more add-ons to this staff. And I think that'll, that'll help, you know, just Joe stabilize a few things and he'll have another year, you know, going into next year. Like, I think it'll be very good for this team to just have like a normal training cap and also have a, you know, have a head coach, the same head coach for the second straight year, because that hasn't happened since pre-pandemic. Because Brad obviously Brad uh got promoted after Danny stepped down, Ime took over, then Joe had to take over. So I think some normalcy would be good for this group. And and as a result, I think the front office, especially after this, even if they lose tomorrow, they'll be they're gonna be like, Okay, sure, they was game three bad, yes, but they bounced back. This core is still, you know, this core is still worth building around. Jason and Jalen work as we saw in the finals last year, and then they'll probably just run it back at this point.
0: Yeah, it's so wild, man. Just like them coming back from this three-zero deficit mm-hmm. has like changed so much, like <laughs> like within a week, like like because yeah. all the talk last week was like, you know, Joe's gonna be gone. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we maybe got to think about you know this Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown pairing, and I'm sure I'm sure you've you've heard the story. I think it was Jared Weiss at, at the Athletic, you know, wrote about how the team went to like Top Golf after mm. after they were down three-zero. They like ditched a film session. And I think it was Al Horford who, like, took the lead and was like, oh, we should just, you know, get away from basketball. And, and now there's this whole feel-good story. Like, I'm even watching the locker room clips from yesterday, you know, <laughs> like, like missoula has got his arms around, like, Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's all good now. Like, it's, it, it just amazes me, the drama of, mm-hmm. of, of the playoffs like like the playoffs yeah. obviously ratchet up all this stuff about you know long term questions about a team especially a Celtics team that's you know made two very deep runs in, in the playoffs and i don't know i i really still feel i really feel like they're going to game 7 without a lot of pressure yeah and then you know
1: it's funny that you mentioned how things change so quickly like the Celtics fly home losers if the refs decided to put up, you know, two point nine seconds or two point eight oh, yeah, seconds left on the yeah, clock. Yeah. By the way,
0: as, as we're as we talking, the last two minute report did come out, and they said that the time was right. So okay. So right. whatever that, that whatever know. that means, whatever that means, <laughs> the last two minute report says that you know the refs got it right by adding those 0. 0.9 mm-hmm. seconds to to the clock. Yeah. But I mean, not to go back to that play, but you know, the ball bounces anywhere else, and this mm-hmm. series is over.
1: Yeah, like the yeah, ball had
0: to bounce right into Derek White's
1: hands. On the flip side, too, like Marcus's three almost went in, like that rimmed out. You
0: know, I've, like, seen oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen. it. You yeah, know? I've seen. I've seen. I've seen way too many Marcus Smart shots for the win, <laughs> even in these playoffs, because he had a couple of those in that game four against Philly too. I remember, right? Like at, at the end yeah. of regulation, it was Marcus. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of overtime, he was. Mar- well, Marcus made that one, right? But it, but it was like a second well, yeah, or something. So-
1: So Marcus actually has talked about that. So at the end of regulation, obviously that that was fine. Like it was an open three pointer. Like you're you're fine with that shot. Um, At the end of overtime, though, like they didn't get the shot off, which was once again like it goes back to the Celtics stagnation late. Like why why are you you know like why is your offense starting? you know you're set at like five seconds left in the game like you're down like you're not tied anymore right so it's just a lot of those frustrations but Marcus was straight up last night was like yeah I remember the Philly game like I just wanted to get it it wasn't the prettiest shot it was a desperation shot with their season on the line but at the very minimum he got the shot off and and maybe it was a basketball gods right of all franchises does Boston Celtics get get some fortune from the basketball gods Uh, I realize how ironic that is but like the basketball guys are like, okay, at least he got a shot up this time. So we're gonna give you, we're gonna do you solid, and the ball is gonna bounce perfectly to Derek White, who, to his credit, he also crashes once he realizes because he was wide open, because Struz was uh making sure Tatum wasn't getting the ball. And as a result, Derek was like, Oh, I could get the ball. Oh, I'm not getting the pass, I'm just gonna crash. And he made the perfect perfect decision, perfect bounce. And we're talking for that reason, even though I believe today was supposed to be a day off for you. But a
0: finish like that deserves a podcast like this. <laughs> no, man, I had to reach out to the people who were there too, man. Um, yeah, no, up, it was a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> no, a couple more things, and I'll, I'll let you run. You know I, know, I know you've had, you've had a, you've had a long day. Um, I just, I just want to run through with you. So, so if if the Celtics win Game Seven, here's mm-hmm. here's three here's three winners that I have. For, you know, if the Celtics pull off this comeback, number one is the ESPN analytics team because they (laughs) they were given so much crap at the start of the series by by saying that the Heat had a 3% chance to -hmm. win the series. And I believe the Celtics were still favorites, um, you know, based on their data after they lost the first two home games. So, you know, the ESPN Mm stats and info team, if the Celtics come back from 3-0, like they definitely have to take a victory lap i i don't know if i would go that far i think they had them <laughs> at like a
1: correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they had like a 72 percent chance when they were down 3-0 so i just think that's still that's still that's too much wild. and and so here's the other thing too so i don't know if you remember this but 538 and espn analytics last year had the celtics as an overwhelming favorite over the warriors like it was something crazy like i think the warriors have like a I forgot. I, I saw the graphic at the beginning of the series because of the ninety-seven three percent split. I think it was like fourteen percent for the Warriors, and the five thirty-eight loved the Celtics last year um, because of players like Derek White. Honestly, so I don't know if I would. I, I don't know if I would say a victory lap per se because <laughs> they were wrong last year, and okay, I, I need okay. to
0: pull up that. But uh, but it is that is a funny subplot. Uh, to this very chaotic series no it's gonna be so fun I think the other winner of the Celtics win tomorrow uh, is actually Sixers fans because because oh, they because okay. they've been because they've been so upset about Jimmy Butler leaving right mm-hmm. like that, that mm-hmm. was like a big you know that was a big move you know them you know going with Tobias Harris instead and all of that and you know they 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 had to watch Jimmy beat them last year in the second round but now you're looking at Jimmy you know getting shut down by the Celtics you're looking at Jimmy being part of a team that blew a 3-0 lead. You don't have to see him in the finals again. And, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly you're looking at Jimmy the same way. I think a lot of people were looking at James Harden in the last round. Like, you know, they, they, you know the Sixers took a 3-2 lead, but they weren't able to close it out. And then also Sixers fans don't have to feel as bad also about blowing the 3-2 lead to the Celtics. Yeah, considering that the Heat came back and uh, considering that the Heat would have blown a 3-0 lead. Yeah. So I okay. think I think it was like, I think Miami winning this series would have been really tough for Sixers fans. <laughs> and now and now it's like the complete inverse to watch okay. Miami blow yeah. the 3-0 lead. Yeah. And and my last my last winner is actually just Steph just just because like the Celtics <laughs> team has just been like impossible to mm-hmm. put away in these last two playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and Steph's really the only guy who's done it. So got yeah. got to give credit to him for that. His
1: uh I forgot the exact total but his game 4 in TD Garden last year, when they were down two one, Warriors backs against the wall. Like I, that was I think the best like the best single game performance I think I've seen just because of like the stakes and everything like that. Um, in a close game and what I believe, you know, everything all all the stakes and everything. But you're right. And I remember there was one three that he was coming off a screen and he like had his back to the basket, and then the next thing you know, he's putting up a three and he drilled it right in front of the Celtics owner. And I was like, oh okay, yeah, okay, this is a Steph like. Okay, I get it now. So hey, hey, hey. Also, this is a good. This is a good way for me to segment into. Props to you, Raptors fans, for beating that guy. Sure, Katie <laughs> might not have been there, but props. Right, that is hard right, to right, do. Suchi. That
0: is hard. No, to No, no, Suchi, you're you're just pandering now. Yeah, no, no, just, <laughs> no I know that no. was a pandering move. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That was pretty good though, right? That was a good connection. No, no, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, Steph, <laughs> I, I just pulled up the stats. Forty-three points, um, in that game four. He was fourteen of twenty-six. Hit seven, threes. Yeah, no, no, that was that was ridiculous. All right, before before I let you go, I just have some random Celtics okay. questions for you since since you're obviously on the beat. Um, number one, have you had a chance to talk to Danilo Gallinari about all the really nice suits that he wears <laughs> the games? Because like I've been so distracted in this series, I don't know if you've seen like Stan Van Gundy like made fun of Tyler Hero's mm-hmm. outfits. Yes, yeah, like now they have like a back and forth going now. <laughs> um And but meanwhile, on the other sideline, every time they pan to the Celtics bench, like I see Gallo, like in, in some of the nicest suits that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, like, have you have you guys had a chance to talk to him about just, you know, his dress code throughout the season?
1: Not his dress code. I do remember I was on a flight with him to Philly once, and he was dressed like a scrub. So I was like, oh, that's what he looks like.
0: <laughs> so, um, oh, so you've seen him, like, out of character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not, not courtside, right? I do. I, I, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try to send you a photo after this. Maybe you can tweet it. But he had these, like, cowboy boots on one game with like jeans and i was like what yeah send me that photo have you seen these i saw
0: it and and i legit thought that was like ai or like photoshop (laughs) like i actually no like i actually didn't believe it no no it was like real and i remember seeing that and i'm like what in the world
1: and the only gallo wardrobe thing i thought his hair looked better at the beginning of the season because he got a haircut midway through the season and i was like short and i'm like no gallo I thought he had a little bit of a flow going. So uh, we have not talked to him about that. We haven't talked to him in a while, actually, because obviously he tore his ACL at FIBA World Cup stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to send you that photo. It was a I was a little like I was I was shocked when I saw that. Like I remember looking at the bench and be like, "What in the world is Gallo wearing?"
0: Yeah, I was I, I I follow him on social media, so he's been like a super positive dude on like Twitter. He's always mm-hmm. posting the hashtag Unfinished Business um and, and just like having all these motivational quotes so yeah if there's one guy i can root for on the celtics it, it might be gallo no listen i was down bad this morning i was telling i was, I was telling michael pina i mean you know pina we were just talking Man. and i was like i was I was so mad i was like you know they shouldn't even allow deuce to be courtside for game seven that's that's for media <laughs> like i was trying to ban deuce um, all right next oh, man, next Celtics dude. question for you how how does the media I mean don't get in trouble but how does the media feel about Joe Mazula because I, I feel like all the playoff clips I've seen like sometimes he's very contentious like <laughs> I don't know if he's joking or not like you know the Philly series mm-hmm. he's like oh nobody's gonna ask me about my adjustments from mm-hmm. game one to game two or sometimes he can be like really short like I, I can't mm-hmm. tell if he's being witty or if he's being contentious like how's his relationship with like the local media
1: uh, so Joe, obviously in the press conferences are, that is what it is. Uh, I think there was a portion of the season where I feel like the local media will ask maybe, I'm not going to say no questions cause we still asking questions, but less questions I guess we'll go with. Uh, but if you get a one-on-one, like he's very insightful. Um, you can tell he's a very smart guy. And the thing I think people kind of forget about Joe is he's only 34 years old. Like Al Horford is straight up older than him. And he's like, you know, like he's only been an NBA assistant coach for, I believe three years. Um, so when I actually, so I sat down with Joe for around like 30 minutes, uh, cause I was running a profile on him about his Fairmont state days when he was a head coach there. And, um, he, he was really good with, he was really good. He gave me really insightful answers, uh, and everything like that. So I think, uh, the vibe I get is sometimes like Joe doesn't like these like fluffy basketball questions that are bound to come during these press conferences. Um, but when you get him talking about like other stuff or like off the record, like he's still he's still pretty insightful and he's still pretty good. So but it is funny just because I'll get, you know, like like you said, like you're not the only one noticing that. Like I'll get texts from like other media members being like, is like what's up with Joe? Like why why is he why is he like, you know, why is he like asked why is he like taking a dig at the media about adjustments after game two or whatever it was against the Sixers, you know? So it's 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 you know, it's, sometimes it's amusing to watch. Sometimes you're kind of like Joe, like I want a better answer to my question or something like that. But for the most part, like you know, his his former players speak glowingly of him. So, uh, and then for the most part, when he, when you do get him away from that press conference setting, he is he is a lot better.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is why I ask because cause I feel like there's mm-hmm. there's always two sides to to these coaches. Like sometimes you'll just see the national media perception mm-hmm. of it, like during the playoffs, versus guys like you who are obviously like around the team um, every day. Okay, two more for you. Um, Mm -hmm. so here in toronto you know like drake is like the the number one like celeb (laughs) guy who like shows Mm up at games and stuff like you know we've seen like the paul pierces um you know Mm -hmm. mclovin i think was was that the last game i don't even know his real name uh mclovin from superman i think yeah okay that's right nobody ever calls him by his by his actual name (laughs) yeah (laughs) like who is like is there a top three or is there like a guy like who's like the guy who like shows up to Celtics games. At TDR. Ooh, the guy. A
1: lot of Celtics just like sports players, in or just like Bill Belichick, the Patriots okay. head coach, up quite a f- quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Here's a sneaky one. I'm not gonna say he's top three or anything because I don't think I have like a top three. Um, mm-hmm. but sneaky one who shows up randomly, and this is good for AAPI Heritage Month. Steve Aoki shows up. Oh, really? Decently frequently. I think well, he's he, a Celtics fan. Like,
0: is- is he DJing yeah. sets in Boston? Like, what's going
1: on? Like, <laughs> I have no clue what it is. But, like, okay. I, I ha- actually, I haven't seen him as much this season. But I remember last season, it was, like, an inside joke with me and one of the other beat members. Like, whenever he showed up, like, we would be like, oh, what's up? Um, so, I haven't mm-hmm. seen as much this season. But last season, he showed up, like, quite a few times. Like, a handful of times to the point where I was like, Steve Aoki is back? That's cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Good job, Austin. So, that's, like, the oh. sneaky one that I don't think people might have expected.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm need Steve Aoki to show up Game Seven to to root for <laughs> to root for Eric Spolstra. This is this is what we need. Man. Um, last one for you. I know. I, I think you tweeted this last week. I, I think it was before Game Two or Game Three. You walked in the locker room and Grant Williams was playing Pokemon <laughs> Go on two phones. And I know this uh-huh. piqued the interest of of Will and I as well. So, what's the story with with Grant Williams and Pokemon? I honestly don't have
1: any clue in the sense of like his obsession with it but i just remember uh i walked into the locker room and i saw grant had two phones and so i have two phones because i also have a work phone that i don't pay for so i always get like little jokes i was gonna make one then i looked down and this dude is like in a gym battle on two phones like really going at it you know and what's funny is that grant usually plays like chess or something in the pregame locker room he's like a chess guy i guess but today that day it was like pokemon go and i was like oh this is something you know like you get me talking about, you know, like Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, I haven't played Pokemon Go in a bit, but I'm like, oh, OK, this is like a good, you know, common ground here. So I don't know if it's like an obsession, but clearly he still plays it, which is impressive just because I only have like a handful of friends who still play it. But if if Grant Williams has a uh, secret Pokemon Go or Pokemon obsession, I will once it's once it's out of the playoffs, I will uh, I will get to the bottom of this.
0: Yeah, I know Will was demanding you to to do a story. And I'm, and I'm like, yo, they're literally down 3-0 right now. I'm pretty sure he can't do one of these, like, human interest stories at the... M-. I'm, I'm, I'm like, he literally just got into a fourth quarter tussle with Jimmy Butler <laughs> in game two. Like, I don't think yeah. Suchi's going to approach him a shoot-around the next day to to do a Pokemon Go story. Grant Williams, though, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I get the sense, like, is he one of, like, the favorites am- amongst the media? Like, he seems like a pretty yeah, chill so- dude. so...
1: Yeah, he's uh, very available. We appreciate Grant a lot. We actually do like a, I don't know if you know this or if his name, but Jeff Twist is like a local Celtics PR legend one of the nicest guys you'll know. And he's Mm -hmm. been doing this for decades. So like KG and Paul Pierce love him. Like he's like the alumni guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so our our media award is named after him, the Jeff Twist Media Award. And Grant won it this year uh, just because, you know, Grant's always been good. Uh, to the media, and even during like the tougher times, like I don't know if you remember when he missed the two free throws against the Cavs, like he was yeah like, yeah to he made fun of that. himself he, about yeah it, yeah, know, like, yeah and you know kind yeah. of he's kind of endeared himself and uh and Grant honestly I I I think he's a huge nerd like he's into like some some interesting things I think I got I was talking to him one day about like he went to like Brad Stevens' house and like Brad is like really the Pac Man or something and he was like into that as well I forgot the context of the this conversation but. <laughs> Grant's good. He's a huge nerd. Uh, we have some common ground there. and uh, But yeah, like I said, I'll get down to this Pokemon Pokemon business. I think that'll be fun.
0: Listen, I, th- I think if the Celtics make the finals, like there's enough off days that you could you do. <laughs> there's
1: so many no, off days during the finals. Man. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I remember last year, I don't know if you saw this, but the Matt Ryan with the Lakers, he did the DoorDash thing. I remember I like got that very oh, randomly man. during one of the off days. And I was like, hey, man, what's up? no you haven't talked to anybody Yeah, what's the what's your deal he's like oh i drove doordash last year and i'm like oh that's cool i guess i'm right about this during yeah, the finals was, of
0: all times you know no that was that was crazy yeah i think we were calling him the delivery man um, <laughs> it was, He he's three
1: against the pelicans it was really fun he's oh, a, God. Uh, he's an interesting dude too
0: <laughs> yeah um okay so before i let you go what's your what's your official prediction for game seven
1: Oh, I think uh I think it'll be Celtics in a blowout. It was Celtics in every game seven they've played at home the last two playoffs, Bucks and Sixers it's been a blowout. So I think that's what'll end up happening. Though I do think it'll be a close game in the first half.
0: Okay, I like that. Well, you know, as I've been saying all week, um, you know, I, I hope tomorrow's your last day, um of, of this <laughs> You know, I, I know no, I appreciate- you've been it's been with- You've been, you've, you've been, been wanting life. some time off, right? You've been wanting some time off. It's, it's been so a long think, Yeah, we can find some common ground here. You've already covered the finals. You know how it is. It's a drag. Mm-hmm. You don't need to say <laughs> it. I can say it. Um, too many off days, all these pressers, all this stuff. Um, you know uh, media coming in from from all over the world some of them wearing basketball jerseys of the players that they're interviewing um, <laughs> that does have you know, no i will yeah. i will
1: i will say it's it's very cool seeing the japanese media members and bonding oh yeah okay i'll give you that super cool for me i'll, I'll give you that super cool for me yeah. i just
0: always make fun of both like all-star weekend and the finals <laughs> that, that, that's when anything goes i feel like like, mm-hmm. like, with dress code, with, like, you know, how we approach <laughs> players and stuff. Like, everything just goes out the window, in my opinion. Like I kid goes. you not. I kid
1: you not. Last night, game six of the East Finals, I don't know who it was. There was a dude in, like, a Looney Tunes, like, <laughs> Space Jam Bugs Bunny jersey. And I was like, what? It's like the, it's,
0: I, a, it's that like that blue. Is that that blue color jersey?
1: No, it was like okay. a white one too, and it was like super old. So I'm like, you're not even. It wasn't even the LeBron one. I think it was like an OG MJ one. And I'm like, where did you get this, dude? I was like, what? Where did this come from, man? Wait, this um, was a media member. I think so. I don't know who it was. Oh I, I genuinely don't know who it was. But I was like, who are you? And like, why?
0: <laughs> it was no, crazy, that's a, man. that's amazing. I remember. 'Cause like I cover some of the I cover some of those like Cavs Warriors finals
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and obviously attracted a lot of attention. I mean finals itself always attracts a lot of attention like internationally, yeah. but it's like those LeBron like, those media day pressers. Like, I remember there were people in, like, LeBron jerseys. I was just like, and, like, listen, man, like, I'm not showing up, like, gallo to these games. Like, I'm pretty chill. But I'm also like, okay, this is kind of wild. Yeah.
1: Man, that's crazy, man. No, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, the finals could drag on. But you know what? I will say, if the Celtics are going to make history and they're going to do it like that with Derek White doing what he did, I can't hate, you know? It's just kind of like, all right.
0: No, it's you two can't. more weeks, I
1: guess. Let's, you know, listen, um, it's the
0: finals, man. Like, if it's if it's Celtics, if it's Celtics Nuggets, like, it's gonna be a fun series.
1: That's gonna be awesome, Jokic, yeah. I love watching Jokic. Jokic is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, so, you, man. I appreciate you. We will. Um, we might check in with you during the finals, man.
1: Yeah, no, please do. Uh, if not, hit me up during the summer. I will be bored during at least during the off season parts. Not like you know when I like that the sneaky thing I feel like about the NBA calendar. I learned last year is like. The game six when the Celtics lost was on a Thursday. The following Friday was a draft, and the oh following Friday was free agency. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Yo, when is the offseason?"
0: I was like, yeah. what? and "What's going then on?" It's like, and then it's like summer league. Yeah, and yeah, and then, then you're flying into yeah. Vegas, and I'm like, "What? Oh, man, nothing so... happens in August usually." Oh, man, I can't wait. I live yeah. for
1: August. That's when I'm hoping to go to Japan. Fingers crossed.
0: Oh man, we might cross paths there, man. We, we okay, yeah, that load. would we be, be yeah, that would be cool. No, for sure. All right, I've got Amy Audibert. Waiting for me to chat, um, so we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back with Amy after this break. All right, I am back with Miami Heat analyst, former teammate, uh, close friend, Amy Audibert. Amy, I just talked to Chi actually so yeah thanks for my uh, new friend
2: yes yeah, my so, new friend
0: so i actually <laughs> haven't had a chance to to talk to you, at least on air about this when suichi came on the show i believe this was a few weeks ago he he did mention that you had gone up to him at the start of these conference finals which feels like six months ago now um yeah and uh asked if he was boston will lose so how how was uh how is your friendship with suichi uh grown or not grown throughout this series
2: well, I mean, I started off in a pretty good mood and lately it's been more of a just passing the hallway like, Hey, what's up, buddy? I just, kidding. <laughs> you know what? That's like one of the best parts I think about at least in my short experience with like a deep playoff run is you get to kind of see the same people and you, that's how you really start to meet, you know, a lot of cool people around the league. So it's, I think it's been a little bit awkward, not awkward, but just such a crazy series for both sides that like (laughs) it's like how you doing today I'm okay Uh, how are you doing you know what I mean like it's kind of one of those so but how cool is that like uh as much as Twitter I try to stay off it these days um in particular the last four or five days um I kind of got I I I recognize him through Twitter so like I said it was like I think it was game one I was in a good mood and I was like hey kind of just came out you
0: know <laughs> yeah no 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 Or uh, a
2: chatty mood <laughs>
0: no i love that i love that Sweetie is now part of the raptor show family and and obviously mm-hmm. you you're part of the raptor show family as well but amy you know i recently signed up for a 30 day membership with heat culture and <laughs> you know the su- the subscription is up uh, tomorrow uh, should should i renew for an annual membership how should i feel going into game 7
2: alex if you even have to ask me that there's a problem
0: (laughs) you seem you seem (laughs) actually pretty upbeat considering considering the circumstances
2: well because you know what i mean at the end of the day you're always gonna be and i said this last year you're always gonna be okay getting behind a team that works hard like that that's there for the right reason that's doing the right thing there you know what i mean like no one's just hanging out collecting paychecks like everyone's investing everyone's going out there and doing what they can you know and and I don't know, it just it, it makes for such a you're OK to like, uh, yes, please join us for the rest of eternity, at least for as long as I'm here, you know, um, because I love this group and it hasn't been easy. Uh, and I don't think it was ever expected to be easy. Uh, if someone a month ago said, hey, Miami's going to be playing in a game seven against the Celtics in Boston for the Eastern Conference finals. Are you kidding me? I think they'd be thrilled. So it's kind of part of the beauty of the playoffs is not one game is different from the next. You know, they're all so different. And you kind of have to remember that you fought to go up three. So um, it's one game. And just being around some other people today who have been around the organization a while, they're just, they're like excited. They're like, it's game seven, baby, game seven. Like oh my gosh, I feel like I can't take it anymore. But at the same time, you you have to love it.
0: Yeah, no, this is the perspective. I feel like this. I feel like you might have to give them the speech before Game Seven tomorrow. Like like <laughs> oh, even... I don't
2: have to Let's get out of here. They've got the one of the best. Honestly, they've got such a tremendous voice and leader. in Eric Spolstra. Um, I'm not kidding. I mean, th- these guys live for this. It's kind of like for me a new face walking into it. It's just like wow. <laughs> um, they're just wired different as most professional athletes are, you know, but what this group has done um in the last month or two is kind of like I, I've been very careful. I don't like to say it's surprising because you kind of knew there was a different gear, but just did not organically happen quick or consistent this whole season.
0: Yeah. Amy, I can't have my fellow Asian Eric Spoolstrow be part of a blown three O lead, all right? Like, please <laughs> Please just you know I have a lot I have a lot at stake for this game seven but but you know it's interesting hearing you talk about because you're kind of zooming out and it's good to hear that perspective because I feel like you know you know when when the when the Derek White buzzer shot happened like you know wow. even as a three week Miami Heat fan like I didn't move from my couch for like an hour I was just like shocked at the ending like replaying the game over and over again and then you hear you know Spo talk post-game about, you know, I don't know how we're going to get it done, but we're going to go to Boston and get it done. And, of course, Jimmy's always confident there. Like, to me, like, you know, not every playoff game is structured the same. And this was, like, such a heartbreaking way to end. But for me, it's like you talk about, you know, the the organization. You know, we always talk about heat culture. You know, if there's a team that can, like, mentally be mentally tough enough to put that behind them and come out and give a great effort in Game 7 you know, I feel like this is the, this is the heat team, uh, you know, that I have to continue to believe in.
2: I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, it's a really touchy subject around here. Um, as of late, the U word undrafted. Um, mm. and the reason I bring it up is because I agree with Spo hundred percent in that. Um, it's disrespectful in that when you talk about a Caleb, a Max, you know, Duncan, Gabe Vincent, you talk about those guys. I don't, say undrafted in that they're not good enough to be here so many great basketball players slip through cracks I mean we know Caleb's story now right with J. Cole stepping in and him having to get a vaccine to come up and get a workout like his last chance Caleb Martin almost fell out of the league because you know just timing and place and that placement and all that stuff um so when I say undrafted I don't believe it's because they're not worthy or good enough it's because when you are not drafted that means g league that means two-way that means unglamorous that's hard and i mean as someone who i you know i spent some time around the g league the mental fortitude that it takes to be successful because you're trying to prove yourself as a player you're trying to fit into a system you're waiting for your phone to call you're on buses, you know, you're on commercial flights. You're going from city to city. You have a constant, like, um, I'm not going to say pressure, but expectation that you, like, you have to be great, but you have to be great for everyone else to see. It's not good enough for you just to be great in yourself. You have other people that have to believe in that too. So, like, that's when I say that we have so many of those guys that had to get through that type of process as opposed to, to being a lottery pick. You know what I mean? And... That means something to me anyways, and I do believe it still means something. So when you talk about the hard way, when you talk about 54 games that were considered clutch out of 82 regular season games, like when you talk about all those things, it's just how they operate. And we're seeing that in late close games with Miami. They were down late last night, you know, in game six, and and, and all of a sudden it came down to point one second
0: i I can't no i can't believe it i can't believe it like i'm still here sitting here but i can we can yeah i
2: can like are we we're sitting there going like we're okay when if it's you know i they're they're because it's like the confidence is demonstrated ability kind of thing i mean they've been in these situations literally 54 out of 18 more times than they haven't so it's kind of like I, I know it sounds silly to say it, but it's almost like you almost somehow build like a comfortable place or space. Yeah, it, it's it's the beauty. Be it's the beauty
0: in the struggle. It's what Spoh says.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he always says that. I'm no, like,
0: I'm, I'm I'm drinking oh, all the Heat Culture Kool Aid, man. Don't worry. I, well, I know I know all the catchphrases now.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know it's awesome, isn't it? But it's funny because he says them, but then he, they mean something, right? It is true. I mean, this team has been really. I mean, again, they haven't been on the stage, but even fighting for. A playoff spot, I mean, they've been playing under all this, I, again, like I don't like pressure, but this Heat team was chasing a top 16, top six spot in the East until the last maybe week or so, right? So like, they have been, it hasn't just been like, oh, clinch the eight seed, woohoo, we're in the playoffs, all right, now we got to start playing. Like, they've been trying to chase a top six speed team, which you saw how close the standings were. So every game felt like it had so much weight to it. Really, I'd say since the all-star break. Um, and so they've been playing under this umbrella for so long. I really am just um, quite amazed because I know my, um, as again, I'm a new face in, a, in this type of environment. So uh, I know what my stress anxiety feels like during a game. And I think that's part of this series is going into it, knowing that like, okay, here we go again. Here we go. You know it's going to be in the New York series is like that too, where it's just like every possession matters. And uh, yeah, these guys are, I think, for the most part, executing a couple games or a couple quarters definitely got away from the team. But this is Boston. I mean, they've been so good all regular season, top two in offensive rating, I think top three in defensive rating. Like they're good. They're a great team. So I mean, I don't think that it was fair for anyone to kind of assume that this was going to be easy. The difference is Miami's okay with that. They're okay being like, it's the hard way and that's the way we gotta do it.
0: Yeah. No, you're 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 too rational right now. I, I I I I'm like operating on very extremes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm freaking out about game seven. But like when you're looking ahead to, to game seven, you know, you know, even looking at game six, like, you know, Boston's struggling from from the three point line, you know, Miami's inability to score in the paint, and everybody's seen, you know you know, Jimmy's and, and Bam's numbers. Like, what what's like the one thing that you're looking at, you know, when you're looking at something, you know, heading into game seven that you think is going to be crucial in, in determining the series.
2: Well, I think that um, our most successful games are when Jimmy is aggressive in that first quarter, not just the fourth quarter, but in the first quarter through the first two rounds, he was averaging, it was 11 points a game in the first quarter. It was one of the top um, that we've seen. So, um, one of the highest numbers, and I think that 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 was something that was working really well. Now Boston's really done a good job of adjusting on him. So as long as we continue, and I mean, Kayla Martin's been the X factor, um, second leading scorer in this in this series. So I think just the aggressiveness, right? I mean, for Miami, we always say keeping it in the mud, like keeping it to a sticky game. Last night was an exception. That did not. That game I don't think was beneficial to either side. Just a really tough game to get any kind of understanding of rhythm or flow for either side um, but I think when they're aggressive um, and you can see the way Bam moves you can see the way Jimmy's moving at the beginning of the game those are always a really strong starts for us so yeah in the first quarter that's always what I'm looking for and on both ends too right I mean um, Jason Tatum's gonna get his he really I mean, he is humbly one of the best players in the world he really is
0: yeah, yeah, like 3 so 3 out of 4 good. quarters per game though. But, you know, you don't have to say that. I can say that. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I think yeah, but the problem is this. Are you willing to be like, "Oh, let's not." Like there's a reason there was two guys on Jason Tatum in the final play of the game last night.
0: No, of course. Are you willing he,
2: to risk your season in giving him a shot? Of course. But he also because, scored you know, like
0: he scored like 25 in the first half and then went scoreless in I the know. third. And I feel like I that's know. like that's like so indicative of this Boston team too. Like even watching that game six, like at times it seemed like that they were just the better team yesterday. And some yeah. of this is like credit to Miami too, right? Like you talked about how many clutch games that Miami has played. Like Miami's just always finds themselves in these games. And that's, you know, for me, you know, as as a heat culture, um, you know, convert, you know, for, for me, one of the positives, I'm going to stay positive going to game seven is that like, I still trust Miami more in these close game situations. Like we saw that in game one, we saw that in game two in Boston, you know, the way that they were able to come back and we saw it for most of game six, like we saw it for game six of the way they were able to hang in there. And I still didn't see a lot of poise from the Celtics down the stretch. So I think, I think, you know, as long as they avoid that type of start that they had in game five, when, when Boston just kind of took that double digit lead early, if, if like you said, they can keep the game close Make it really ugly, you know. I think I think the more unwatchable a game is, the better it is for Miami. Um, this this yeah. is what I've this is what I've concluded. Like like you know, the best Miami games are the ones that I never want to go back and watch again. Um, yeah, because th- they're th- like
2: ninety to ninety
0: five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was even thinking yeah. yesterday. Like obviously, the Derek White shot makes it like a classic game, but I'm like, this has been such a tense field game you know a chance to go to the finals you know jimmy hitting those three free throws at the end but i'm like i never want to watch this game again like it's great tension in the moment
2: yeah like most of the game was guys standing around waiting for decisions to be made you know what i mean like it just yeah yeah. and and I, i actually said that like usually that type of the pace kind of favors miami but like i said last night it was just such a it was just such a i don't i don't even want to say entertaining it was just it was so weird unpleasant (laughs) game that of course I would be much more pleasant about it had that last tip in with 1.1 seconds not happened you know yeah
0: I I still I I still can't I still can't believe that but um you know we were we were talking about too before we came on air obviously this is your first year with the heat and, and covering the team um what's what's that experience been like man I mean your season was almost over like how many weeks ago was this now like six weeks ago you know in the the play-in and and now you know it's game seven of the eastern conference finals but even the regular season too like what's what's it been like for you I i don't think we've had a chance i mean we've had you on the show to talk but like what's it been like just this whole journey
2: yeah i mean i it's been it's still going i really haven't had time i think to actually reflect on it yet um but and like you said you know it's funny because you really think that Okay, the Atlanta playing game was not good. Miami did not look good at all. And you're like, well, oh, what is going on? Um, but this team is this has kind of been the season, right? Well, they'll they'll look so great and execute and do all these great things for a couple of games, and then all of a sudden they kind of just don't have it. Um, and then yeah, I mean, it I'm still taking it all in and I'm still trying to be a sponge. And I mean, even situations like this where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm back in what I feel like my second home is now in Boston. And um, it's like, you're, I'm like, oh, oh, back. And then you got other people, like I said, who have been around a while and they're like pumped. They're like, yes, like game seven's for this. these are the best. Like, you know what I mean? So just trying to like um, lean into that stuff a little bit more. But um, it's like I said, it's, it's been at least the last, like this playoff run has been absolutely incredible. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun to be a part of it because just watching the process of, uh, even, even SPO and and the way that they operate and like the sense of calmness that they bring and confidence that they bring in their group and everything. Um, it's been, I think that's one of the things that's resonated with me the most, right? Because it's easy to like, and I mean, even myself as an analyst, like, of course, most of my job is like X's and O's and basketball, but the other stuff matters here too, and he talks about it a lot, right? Like, at some point, I think it was earlier in the series, he's like, you could just throw – even in the end of the New York series, he's like, I don't want to talk about X's and O's and strategies. He's like, this is about, like, will. And when you look at the games where Miami has not been successful, I mean, with the exception of last night's tipping, really, it hasn't been the X's and O's as much as it's just been, like, the intensity, um, the commitment to a game plan. And I think it's, I think it's awesome just to kind of hear that, um, at at the NBA stage at the professional level, when you can go on Twitter and find analytics and stats on everything, but then at the end of the day, you're constantly just being reminded of like the foundation, like the fundamentals of the game that, you know, obviously vary in expectation, but don't change from when you're a kid playing. like (laughs) show up on time, (laughs) sit down on defense communicate like those things matter and we hear about them often so um not necessarily to show up on time that just happens but i mean you know what i mean like the <laughs> communication the, the ball screens like stuff like that and that stuff does not get lost in the language and i think that's maybe been one of my favorite parts about being around here
0: yeah i need spoiler like pat rally to like write a book on the rules of heat culture like, like, I need, yeah. this, I, I need something, <laughs> you know, I, I need, I need some like texts that, 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 that I can follow. But, but, that, but that's the thing. Like, you know, I was saying earlier, daily,
2: like a daily, one of those, like a daily app <laughs> with like a morning message, yeah, exactly. I'd pay, I would pay for that. Are you kidding me? I'd pay top dollar for that. Yeah, that's, that's
0: what I need as part of my, uh, heat culture membership, but it's like, I mean, for, for some teams, it would be really hard, uh, I think to, to bounce back. From from a loss like that, which is why I'm really curious to see how how Miami is gonna come out um for for Game Seven, cause like yeah, like the way that game ended, like this is like you know a trip to the finals. They're point one seconds away from the finals.
2: I know, and you know what's funny is you're right, but then I, again I go back to the Spoke calls it like a gnarly group, where like literally last night he's like, we want to play right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was, that's the the that's, is, that's when he's like psychotic like in a good way
2: yeah in a good way right but like yeah no I agree with you but he's not I don't think he's kidding I think if they had the opportunity they'd be like let's throw it up right now like because they just they do they want to get after and compete and so it while you're right it was I mean the three the three games now are tied here it's intense I mean either way tomorrow's history whether it's the eighth seed or it's the other way right? Which I'm not even going to say. I don't even want to put anything in there into the universe. But you know what I mean? Like there is, there's something on the line tomorrow night. And you're right. uh, Coming off that just, I just devastation uh, just last night. And here you go again on the road. um, And you got to play your best game and your cleanest game of the year when I don't think anyone's feeling the freshest right now, including Boston. Um, And I don't know if I'm going to if I'm going to put my faith in anyone, it's these guys because, like, they just, they really, they embrace it. And, and of course, when your coach and even Jimmy, right, saying, like, we're going to go in there and win it. You know, like, it's like it makes you kind of go, ooh, okay,
0: <laughs> let's yeah. see it. No, I was, so. I was telling, I was saying earlier in the show, too, like, it, it reminded me of, you know, when Ray Allen hit that three uh, against the Spurs um, in the mm-hmm. finals. And the Spurs had to come back and play in that game seven. And, you know, even though they lost that game, like, you know, it was, I was really impressed with the way that they were able to bounce back from like such a heartbreak. And, you know, it was, it was, it was in that same arena. Like, you know, the yellow tape was out, like they were going to bring out the trophy for the Spurs. And like to, to see that they were able to, to come back in that game seven, even though they lost and then come back the following year. I think it speaks to a lot of stuff that you talked about too. It's like certain organizations when they have. Like, you know, this built in and again, I know the word culture gets thrown around a lot. But when they have that built in culture in place, th- that's how they're able to weather these things. And like, the best example I feel like is, is even game six, like, like, they just never let go of the rope in game six. And they were able to to stay in the game. And And again, like come within you know the, the 0. 0.1 seconds of, of making the finals. so this is just me actively talking myself into um you know you covering the finals and the heat winning tomorrow amy <laughs> thank, thank you i
2: appreciate it but i already i, agree I, with you. I, I mean...
0: already wish i already wish uh, i already told Sweetie that i hope tomorrow is once again his last day uh, of the oh season my so. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: well, I actually said
0: you. it on air this time <laughs>
2: oh my gosh stop it the thing is i know you texted me to say that to him last week but i couldn't do it
0: because you I'm couldn't like, bring yourself no, to I... do it okay Okay, okay. I
2: couldn't do it. And then you Good. know why? It was game five. So I'm kinda of glad I didn't because it did not go well for Oh god. Oh, but you're right. Oh, I mean, last night, like it's true. It's another spoism. He always says, like, who can get who to blink first? You know, that's sometimes what these types of games come down to. And I mean, they went up with about four minutes left. I think they're up nine last night. You know, they hit a couple shots and you're going, all right, we gotta go to Boston. Then all of a sudden it was like, wait. Come on, like you know who these guys are, right? So as Jonesy always says, like stay in the fight as long as you can stay in the fight, and that's what this team is. If they can stay in the fight, they got a shot.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't know if you're aware of the the Amy Autobert uh, jinx that we have now. Um, no. That's ongoing because what happened was when when the Raptors were up 19 in their playing game against the Bulls, um, Will told me to to text you to to book you to talk about the the raptors heat playing game and then of course the raptors season proceeded to end and i believe last week i texted you to try to book you um to preview the finals
2: yeah Um. and what what did i say i was like Uh, no sir
0: yeah i was like like, no you're like not yet job's not done
2: no it's so funny so that's like (laughs) that's me right like i'm not pessimist but i was like no we're we're not there yet and like i'm thankful i did it you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, we're under the Amy Otterbert, uh, jinx watch, but no, I, I know you're around, but before, before I let you go, I, I wanted to catch up with you too. Cause the last time Will and I saw you was at the WNBA game in, in Toronto, oh, that was which,
2: like a year ago, which, right? which, last which year,
0: <laughs> yeah, this was like, uh, two months before, <laughs> you know, Jimmy Butler and Grant Williams went back and forth. Oh um, my in the fourth quarter, I don't know if you remember that um, that took place. Oh, well,
2: I was sitting right there. I have a sick edit. I have a sick edit of me actually in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I, awesome.
0: I, but you no. were able, you were able to to squeeze in a WNBA game in in your very busy <laughs> playoff schedule because I think where were you coming from, Miami or New York? Like no, that series yes, was going so, on.
2: No. But, so the Friday night we were in Miami. This was the schedule. If you'd like to know why yes, my please. voice is still scratchy, so Friday night game six in Miami we we clinched that um I literally go home and pack my bag because I didn't know if I was going to be flying from Toronto back to New York or potentially to Boston because the Boston Philly series was going or if I could just come back to Miami so I had like so many different situations that I was trying to be prepared for um and like keep in mind like we were in New York Wednesday night we get home like four o'clock in the morning Thursday's a prep day Friday's a game day And then I had a 7 a.m. flight on Saturday morning. So like went home after we beat New York. Um, Thankfully, so happy about that. Um, And then literally packed my bag. I rested for, I can't even say slept. I rested for about an hour, like 3 to 4 a.m. Went to the airport, got on the 7 a.m. flight. Still like so thankful that that was on time. Landed around 10.15 in Toronto. Went right to the arena, and then called that game. Went home to Niagara for the night. Got to see my dog and my mom uh, on Sunday morning, and then flew back to Miami. Had Monday as a prep day, and then flew to Boston on Tuesday. <laughs> no,
0: that's um, that's what Spo means by the beauty and the struggle. Like that's <laughs> well, that's, that's not quite a that's quite a schedule. That was so.
2: That is no, quite a I schedule. Was... I was so happy that, because obviously with the Leafs in the playoffs, like there were so many, um, just like the dates, like there was a lot going on. And so I was really anxious coming up to that week because I was like, oh my gosh, I want everything. I'm so selfish. I want all these things to work out for me, but they actually did. So I was really excited about that. That was incredible. And uh, I'm so grateful that I was invited to be a part of that. Um, I was like, wow, you know, I said it so many times on air. I I fell in love with that sport at it would have been at um, the Sky Dome at the time, watching Vince and and Tracy and Damon Stott, like those were the guys like I literally sat there with my dad and fell in love with basketball. But I never got to imagine myself on the court because it was the NBA and I was a little girl. So I was literally got chills just sitting there thinking that there's gonna be young kids here today that are like literally watching this and really believing they can be on that court. And it was just, I mean, obviously just, I don't know, you know, you were there. It was incredible.
0: Yeah. It, it was awesome seeing like, you know, the, the, the younger demographic there seeing the families there and like seeing some of the signs that they were showing on the jumbotron too. Like, you know, yeah. little girls holding up signs saying that they wanted to be, you know, future season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. And like, it reminded me too, like I remember talking to um, like Simone Augustus about like the 96 um, team USA women's team. Um, that that they did a thirty uh, for thirty on on recently, and like she had watched them growing up, and that was her first time, you know, realizing that she wanted to like, you know, she could be on the stage, like playing the WNBA, playing the Olympics, and I feel like it it doesn't even have to be at that pro level, like you you know, these younger girls maybe for the first time going to a WNBA game and be able to see these women up close, like you said, like it's it's going to change the trajectory of of a lot of these kids who who now can like aspire to something, right? Like even if they yeah. don't play in the pros, like they can have basketball as part of their lives for like the rest of their life as a WNBA fan and maybe reach out to like local communities here and have community leagues and like find their own tribe within those groups and stuff. So I think that's a really exciting part. And I feel like it's not an assumption that there's going to be a-, a franchise coming to Toronto, but I would be pretty disappointed at this point if, if Toronto doesn't get a WNBA team.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they said that that was like a bit of a test, I think that it was far, I mean, that was better than an A, right? I mean, that was it exceeded expectations. And uh, so I'm excited about that um, and potentially being able to come home in the summer and watch the W in person. That would be amazing. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that would be super cool. So you Can
2: I just focus on the potential finals? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just tell you. No, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um that's that's probably another spoism. Um, but but Amy, I appreciate <laughs> appreciate you um, you know, joining me on such short notice. And uh hopefully we'll talk to you during the finals.
2: Yes, yes, let's keep that vibe and uh whatever kind of yeah, you just put all your positive vibes into heat culture.
0: that's awesome well that was um that was amy autoburt mime heat analyst and and that wraps up our show today will and i will be back tomorrow after game seven to talk about celtics heat and probably talk about the succession series finale as well make sure you rate subscribe review to the raptor show uh i'm your host alex Wong, and i'll be back tomorrow uh to talk to you